Coach, we are live again. I am back. This is incredible to come back to you from my studio for the Sabian Education Network. Joe Bergamini manages this site, and I get a chance to have on these Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, someone that I can feature. And today from Canada, we have Chris Lesso. Chris, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you so much, Dom. And, like, we're having fun drumming. We're, we're serving drummers around the world. We were just talking about uh, all the live master classes and everything, all the really? possibilities that are opening up with everybody coming together and just making each other better through drumming. So this is fun. This is awesome. It's pretty amazing, Chris. And I did a, a master class with yourself and many of your students, which was kind of exciting just a, a few weeks ago. And how have you adapted to this crazy time that we're living in right now? You've made the change and you've been doing your Life Through Rhythm program for years in the process. And now you're taking it online. So kind of explain what you're doing. So it's within the crisis is an opportunity, yeah. right? And what is a big challenge? This has always been a challenge, but when we go through times like this, it, it kind of blows up the challenge and makes it even bigger is too many people are going through anxiety right now. Yeah. And depression is also at all time highs. Yeah. And also isolation, basically. And this challenge run has has made that even even a bigger thing, and that's not right. And drumming really, you know, I remember getting into drumming, and you know, as you told me, you don't choose the drums; drums choose you, right? So, just that feeling that I got from from when I started drumming, and, and then like jamming with even other drummers, like a drumline situation double drumming the feeling of a, of a lesson whether it's one-on-one -on -one or a group or some kind of camp and then like playing in a band and just that feeling of connecting with something bigger than yourself mm -hmm. expressing yourself growing your confidence and your self-expression yeah. and this is really the opportunity within this crisis is to find new ways to grow this mm -hmm. and that's really ltr as you mentioned life through rhythm that's like my life mission in tying together drumming with focus, self-expression, and confidence. Because as I, I love to teach, as, as you do, of course, and I can just see that, you know, when you have a student that's studying the art of drumming, you know, that's fantastic. We got the technique, the movement, the, the archive of, of all the great historic teachers and material there. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's things like focus and having the courage to express who you really are and the humility to be a lifelong student. So this is really what LTR Life to Rhythm means, like your best self through drumming. So it's an exciting combination. Well, talk about that for a second. Talk about you know, the, the fact that you know, the courage that is needed to follow your dream and pursue this. Just talk about that for a moment. Well, courage, I, I, I remember something Brene Brown said, and she, she ties it into vulnerability. Yeah. And I really think those two, it's like when you really think about that, how much those are connected. So when you play drums, there's, there's a real vulnerability there to say an idea that is your idea. You know, we can steal from the greats like Bonham and, and all the Max Roach and all the drummers that, that are heroes. But, you know, copying and trying to be somebody else, you know, that you can't be anybody else. They're already taken. 
<laughs> quote goes right so having the courage to be yourself and and kind of um be vulnerable there and be open to maybe some some criticism or someone not not liking it that really is the courage humility also goes into that too to be a lifelong student and i've got this thing framed in in my studio and it's it's uh theodore roosevelt's in the arena man in the arena which could be woman too uh speech and that's really what it's about is having the courage to get in there and that's what i I just want to empower all my students to do that. It's like when you put, when you pick up the sticks and you sit at the drums, you're in the arena, right? It's, and especially if you have the, the courage to have a great teacher like yourself and explore the art of practice and, and learning and, or writing music and getting in a band and those types of things. When you're in the arena, you're going to fail for sure. And people may not like what you're doing. And especially in the world of, YouTube, when you put it out, you know, it's a challenge, right? It's like a lot of critics, a lot of critics out there. <laughs> exactly. And, and a lot of the times, unfortunately, Dom, as you know, is, is a lot of those, those people that want to shoot you down, they're at home, not in the arena. They're not facing themselves and, and facing maybe the possibility of failure. So I really think that's, that's the courage is like daily, you know, you got to, when you face, when you pick up those sticks and you practice, you are facing, it's an inner journey too. You're facing yourself. You're coming face to face with something that you are not good at. And the, you might have a bad day, the failures there, but to hit it consistently and to just go for the, the compounding long-term excellence is a big part of what courage is as well. So it's a massive part of what drumming is and to, and to become who you are through this amazing art that we all get to do. Well, it's, it's amazing that you say that, you know, and there are certain things that we have to learn as students of the art form. That's not only about the art, but it's about us personally, what qualities we need personally to pursue this craft and to be the constant student. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a white belt mentality that, that never ends. And you can see this. I don't know if you can see the Steve Smith, that that squiggly line painting behind me is yeah. is one of the paintings that Steve Smith did, and they put him in a room and they, they had these glow in the dark sticks, and he's and he's playing and they they caught the motion, you know, with, with a slow exposure camera. And I'm so into motion, as you say, motion creates the sound, yeah. and he really represents like doing something long term and just being a constant student. Yeah. You embody that. Steve Smith embodies that. And I try to embody that in myself just every day, showing up to practice, showing up to learn and, and just being the lifelong student. It never ends. Well, that's just fantastic. You know, we have people that are listening. You know, Adam Stubell is here. We've got John Owens, who's from North Carolina. R2 is I just had a lesson with him from Russia, live from Russia, from Ufa, Russia. So wow. we've got people. Dave Lewitz here. Of course, Bergamini always stops by and says hello. So we've got people that are listening. Talk about when you were younger. What what got you first involved in, in, in drumming? What, what what why drumming? That is a good question. So I I love to ask this of my students. You know, day one I go through a certain amount of questions because it's always really about asking the right questions mm. to your students and in life. And I, I love to just ask them, Dom, like the same question you just asked me. Like, what was that moment? 
that you know got you got you into drumming and i can remember being in you know say a music store my school only had a snare drum it didn't even have like a full kit so i when i go into these schools now and they just have like like three kits and a and an electronic kit and all this stuff it's like <laughs> wow we we just had a snare drum right but but just even just walking by it it just had this 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 magnetism this feeling i think we can all relate to that as drummers i've heard the great kobe bryant talk about basketball and he said he just saw it when he was a kid and he'd like feel the the bumps on the ball and it was just like drew him there's a great documentary on keith richards on netflix and he said his grandfather i think or his uncle or something had a guitar hanging on the wall like an acoustic guitar mm. and Keith was like six or something and he, he was trying to like climb up on stuff to grab it <laughs> so what is this thing that that pulls us to things and mm. i asked my students this and, and as you said to me many years ago you know you don't choose the drums the drums chooses you right yeah all guitar whatever painting and I asked my students this and, and no one knows it's it's very mysterious you know I mean some psychologists have really studied this like what is that thing that makes you drawn towards something and maybe the why isn't so important as just the listening to the voice yeah just not ignoring it because I have been blessed to have many students that are 60s 70s 80 years young yeah. and I one of the best experiences of my life and I encourage everybody that's alive around the world to do this is volunteer in a senior's home and do it better yet do a drum circle for them but even just go visit them and hang out and you see you know you hear the stories of like I wish I would have done more of that I wish I'd listened to that voice I always wanted to blank 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 yeah so that's the real key and so to answer your question, like, I don't know, but <laughs> I was a kid and I had like rulers, you know, like, like, uh, you know, you get in school, right? And I, I, I remember masking, taping them to make like a, like grip tape. I saw <laughs> from Metallica with the grip tape. I was like seven, eight years old. And I made a drum set out of like pillows and old chairs and stuff around the house and, uh, you know, watching bands on TV, and and that's my earliest memories. Isn't that cool? So, really a quick Sabian story. My dad, God bless him, he sees you know seven year old me with this obsession of pillows and all this stuff, and he says that I'm begging him to buy a drum set. They said no, no, no for about six years straight. So I didn't, <laughs> didn't get. I wore them down. Just a little, a little drop by drop, little by little. And I got a set when I was 12, but I think I was nine. And my dad took me to this great store, which is still around. Go go to it. It's Just Drums, if you live in the area of Toronto. Just Drums, you've been there. Dave Hamilton, sure. Exactly. Dave Hamilton, it's, it's 35 years or something like that, I think. Yeah. And uh, my dad bought me uh, not a practice pad. You know, all the traditional stuff, right? Not a snare drum with a mute or something. He just bought me a pair of hi-hats. That's it. That's I don't know funny. why. Like full-blown. There were Sabian B8s, 14-inch, and it was like an old used hi-hat set. And that was it. And, uh, 
you know, I remember getting gas on the way home and the gas guy saw this, the hi-hat in the back and he's like, oh, you're, you, you're a drummer, little guy. You should check out Neil Peart, you know, and, and then I, and this was, I was nine, right? <laughs> and that kind of started the journey. But anyway, I had these Sabian B8 hi-hats and I had to build the rest of the set around it. So I had <laughs> loud cymbals, real cymbals, and then like a pillow and loud cymbals, then like a phone book and then loud cymbals. <laughs> So, you know, and eventually I got the set, but. That's hysterical. So eventually you started taking some lessons then at some point, right? Where were, your, where were your first lessons? Good question. So I started on piano when I was seven. Smart. So right around this obsession with drums was, uh, you know, all the pillows and all that stuff and the Metallica Zeppelin kiss, right? <laughs> Is classical piano, Royal Conservatory. I'm seven years old. Wow. And I was blessed to study with the great Jim Blackley. So he's one of the Yodas of our of our craft. He's, yeah. he's a beautiful human being. He's he's passed away now. And he had this this uh aggressive way of like after a few years of studying with him, he he'd literally call you up, Dom, and imagine he had a lesson scheduled you know, Friday in a week and a half or something. You're, you're practicing, you got it in your calendar, you're looking forward to it. And I know you've studied with a lot of the greats, which is kind of the old school approach, right? So this yeah. is this is an old school approach. So he, he would call you up, Dom, the great Jim Blackley, and and in his slight, you know, Scottish accent, anybody that studied with him could, could relate to this. And he'd be like, Dom, uh, I don't even know if he'd greet you actually, he'd be like, Dom, I've scheduled, uh, you know, lessons with such and such piano teacher. You start next Thursday. Good <laughs> luck to you. And he just kind of, <laughs> you know, get, do you have a pen? Write down the number. And it would be about <laughs> a minute and a half. And he, the point is he believes so strongly that drummers should get on the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even just, just a little bit, you know, obviously don't have to play in public or anything like that. And yeah, so so my parents kind of started me on piano. And, you know, many years later, I had this experience with Jim Blackley, like literally kicking me into, you know, my 20s, going back for a few lessons to study some basic jazz and stuff. But that foundation on piano was still serves me to this day. Yeah. You know, piano is really the, you know, you got the rhythm, but you also got the harmony and everything's laid out flat. And Absolutely. Yeah, you technically are drumming in a sense. So my parents hoped that this drumming obsession would kind of fizzle off as I played the as I played the piano. That did not happen. <laughs> many years of piano and uh, drumming on pillows at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. Piano, acoustic piano, is in the percussion family. When you play a piano, you have to strike the piano, and then the hammers strike the strings. So it's a percussion instrument that you learn. And I also play piano, and I, I suggest to all of my students to learn piano. Having a basic sense of theory and the cycle of fifths and understanding just some of the root, you know, literally the scales of what music is about can only help us out. So it's great that you had that. Now, Jim Blackley, I, had, I met him several times. His Scottish accent was so adorable. And he was about that. We had that discussion, too, about just... Uh, what it was important with piano. He lived, I think he was 90 when he passed away. He had a, an incredible life. And he's got several books that are out 
that are, I think are still available through his son. Mm-hmm. So he's someone to still, it's good that you bring up his name. He's someone to still do the research and track down. For sure. And I, I love uh, what I love about you and, and uh, Klaus Hessler, who's a mentor and a teacher of mine, yeah. live, live on Skype in Germany, right? Yeah. Another magic of, of the, the possibilities of today. But having, and this is really what LTR is about, is looking forward boldly with, you know, we talked about courage into the future, but having such a grounding in in the history of the past. Yeah. And what I love with Klaus, like even on my computer screen, I got a tab open that I'm going to be practicing uh, in, a, in a couple hours today with all my teaching and time with you and stuff. And it's Klaus just put out a course on Swiss rudimental drumming. And this goes back, Dom, I think, to like the 1600s, 1700s. So even beyond the PAS stuff. Oh, oh, beyond that. In fact, Klaus and I, who uh, Klaus was a student of mine 25, 26 years ago. And in Basel, Switzerland, is there is still a festival that goes on in February where they have thousands of drummers performing with five players, the little five that they play. And I witnessed that. I went there one year to that festival. And Foxknot is what it's called. It was incredible. And that's kind of where they think the beginning of organized drumming happened. And this parade festival, it's a few days of, of, of celebration. It's been going on for like 800 years. So it's, I always say, if anyone can get the chance to get to Basel, Switzerland, in February at that time, it is absolutely an experience for any drummer to take in. And, and you know, Klaus and I have talked about that for many, many years. We've both been to it uh, on occasion. But that's great that you bring it up for the fact that there's a history out there that goes back a long time for us to kind of take in and absorb and learn. Is that the one, Dom, that was at 4.30 in the morning? It starts at 4 o'clock in the morning. When you get to, when you get to the city in Basel, it's pitch black. And there are thousands of musicians. And it's not a parade where it's one line. It's all different bands marching at all different. And they crisscross with each other. They stop. They wait. They go. It's completely out of control. At, it's completely dark. And you hear not a tap of a drum. All of a sudden at 4 o'clock, the lights go on. And they all wear candles on their, on their costumes. And they're all wearing costumes. The candles are lit. It lights up and they start playing for three straight days. And what is absolutely amazing to me is when I got there and I'm walking around and, you know, it's four in the morning, you're, 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 it's like a, you know, you're, you're a little bit out of your mind. You're, it's like an out-of-body experience and you're kind of dazed and you're walking around and you're hearing all these different bands performing. And when they crisscross, they don't stop playing. They keep playing different songs and they kind of wait and you get the confusion of all this and then they move on. It's absolute mayhem. But it is so inspiring when the band takes a break in the corner of the village and they take their masks off. There are kids that are 12 years old. There are middle-aged people in their 40s and 50s. And there are senior citizens also marching. So everyone together is marching and playing this traditional kind of music and drumming. And it's just so exciting to see. But again, there's a history there you're talking about that when you go back, it is absolutely mind expanding that's unbelievable and and the way when i saw Klaus describe it you know it made the hair stand up and it gave me goosebumps and oh, it, it, yeah i didn't even know about it i gotta i gotta check that out and klaus has done so well with his 
books that he's written to carry on those traditions of that rudimental core of what that's about. And with people that are on here, Nina Parra is from Brazil. We've got John Gill here from upstate, Dave Lewitz here. We've got so many people that are here that are just kind of joining us here. We've got people from Moscow, Russia. Vlad is from Moscow, Russia. Mikhail is from Novobrisk, Siberia. Victoria is from Kiev. Paulina is from Samara. We've got so many people that are joining us that are hearing this message. So we ask all of you to go out there and check this out. Chris, when you're teaching, now you now you now you've you, you, you've grown, you've you, and you have studied with so many different people. Just list some of the people who you've studied with. Well, I think if okay, we talked about humility. I'm gonna say one thing that makes me I'm gonna be not humble for a second. There's <laughs> Time's not to be humble and to, and to I get my students to do this. I, I studied uh, Indian tablet drumming at, mm. at some point to enrich my you know perspective. Yeah. And we had this like old school gruff kind of Indian teacher, like from India, right? And I actually at, at one point went to India. So I don't know if we have any drummers from India, but I actually, no. went. anyway, he, he was saying, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, you Canadians are too polite. Like <laughs> you need to, you need to own your, you know, confidence more to all these students, right? So sometimes I will say to my students, like, put your freaking hands in the air, like, say the word victory, like, make a kind of move, like, yeah, like, you did this, right? So something amazing on the drums, like, own the confidence. Sometimes being too humble is not good, right? <laughs> so anyway, to go back to the teaching, I'm going to say, I'm going to give myself a pat in the back and say, maybe one thing that makes me a good teacher is that, I was telling you before, but I had piano, but I didn't study. I had two lessons between, you know, it was like 15 and my parents, you know, God bless them. They, they support me to this day. They've supported me to be who I want to be. But in terms of drum lessons, I think your parents did this too, Dom. It was like, earn it. Yeah. It's kind of your thing, right? And I was doing so much piano and you know, I was saving up money for like my first double bass and I was had my first like dishwashing job and paper route and all right. All the things <laughs> mini entre entrepreneur and just, uh, you know, starting to save up money on the way. And I had like two lessons. I remember they cost $20. I don't even know how I found this, this guy was, there was no music stores. Like I know I, I grew up in, in Barry. So I know, you know, music pro. Yeah. That's where I saw you when I was 17. So I didn't. Oh yeah, so we go back, Dom, right? <laughs> but I just like, I'd play along with records in my basement. I blew a bunch of my dad's speakers out because I'm playing. I finally got a kid and trying to hear the speaker in the back and, you know, blew it and uh, just playing, you know, the classic thing, playing along with albums and those types of things while taking piano, while trying to save up money to buy like, you know, my Sabian cymbals and double bass pedal and new heads and sticks. Yeah. I remember my sticks, I'd wear out, you know, I'd, I'd break it here and I didn't have money for new sticks and, and I'd, it'd be broken there and I'd flip it around and now the stick is like this short. <laughs> I did not use this head <laughs> for a while until, right? So no lessons. I, I There was, yeah, I had two. They were uh, 20 bucks a lesson, I remember. Some guy's basement. I wish I knew who, like, I, I don't remember his name. I never wrote it down. I was like, you know, a kid, right, Dom? <laughs> Find this guy. Like, I, I, I'm, you know, go on Facebook now and 
find him and thank him. But he just kind of said, okay, here's a song by this band, The Cult. It was called uh, Love Love Removal Machine. That's it. Da, 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 boom, ba, boom. And he's like, let me play it for you. And he kind of played it. <laughs> and he had kind of a, a crappy drum set and a beautiful Ludwig drum set. And he said, you're not allowed to play the Ludwigs, but I'll play this song for you. And you can try it on this drum set. And and he's like, you know, he made it a cassette with the song. And he's like, go, you know, go learn it. And anyway, long story short, I had no lessons until uh, COSA. And this is where I had met you at when you did a drum event at Music Pro and Barry. But, yeah. you know, this is my early 20s. And I wanted to be close to the greats, the best in the world. And that, that's really what COSA does is it gives you uh, something to reach for, a template, like a view, a perspective. COSA is a camp that Aldo Mazza, who's a phenomenal drummer and percussionist in Montreal, Canada, puts on this festival. I was there for the, the first 20 years when he had done it at a camp in Vermont, and it was incredible. And like you said, you came to it and several people, and now Aldo continues that by doing it in Cuba and different areas around the world, in Italy, where he brings this camp together, this COSA camp. So he brings just that great artists together, and you were a part of that. And I'm exactly, and it's a, thank you, it's a camp. I, I forgot to mention that. And I remember, you know, if you remember in Vermont those days, that's when I was there. And there was like, it was on a university campus and, and there's the cafeteria. And I'd have my tray you know, <laughs> and I'd walk slowly into the cafeteria and just look around and go, okay, there's Jim Chapin. There's Ed Shaughnessy. There's Steve Smith. There's Horacio Hernandez. And just like the older, you know, the wiser and older, you know, there's Arnie Lang. Yeah. And just like, maybe I'll just uh, <laughs> a little seat and just not say anything. <laughs> just listen to the stories, man. Like Ed Shaughnessy's talking about playing with Charlie Parker when he was, he was like yeah. 17 or something. And just, you know, Jim Chapin, of course, and he had the pad, you know, <laughs> eating food and the pads there. And then, then he picks up the sticks and starts. And, just those, uh, you know, memories, which, you know, it's only a week camp, but it really just resets what's possible. And that's yeah. what I try to teach now is possibility and potential, yeah. possibility and potential. That's really, it's, it's really limitless what it is. Yeah. And what I think makes me kind of a good teacher is that I did it wrong, Dom, for all those years. <laughs> I know. So I know what it's like to squeeze the stick and smash your cymbals and break your sticks. Right? Right, right, right. I know what it's like to, uh, you know, be isolated in your basement and just, and just, uh, you know, the, the, it slows down the learning process. Basically you can still learn, but, uh, it, it definitely slows it down. Right. right? It, and just the, all the mistakes I made, I, uh, how to sit wrong, how to, Oh my gosh, just everything, you know, equipment stuff. And so I learned the hard way a lot. And I, I think it gives me some empathy because when I have, you know, new students and I see, you know, kind of how hard they're working and especially with the open-handed thing, we yeah. talked about boldly into the future. Yeah. One thing that, you know, my teachers were just like, you know, as the, the guy I told you about before, and just drumming of that time, it's like, this is just kind of how you do it. <laughs> just do it this way. And you're like, but I could, no, just do it this way. Why? Just because, you know, that thing that 
dad say like because i said so (laughs) (laughs) and what i started doing at the early 2000s and you were really a a big catalyst and a big spark into this so i credit you with this and i and i know you credit the great billy cobham who i believe was the the first one to play imagine that we talked about man in the arena is there any more man in the arena than billy freaking talk about courage yeah so many drummers around the world are caught in well-meaning programs where they're just stuck staring at screens trying to figure it all out where no one knows their name and they're stuck all alone filled with overwhelm and confusion and that's when people quit on the path and this is not right you have a voice inside you that wants to come out through the drums and to have your confidence be unleashed behind the kit and in all you do and so many traditional lessons just have you become a mediocre version of the drummers that inspired you to drum in the first place or to mimic someone else's voice because what you have to say matters. And this is what we do in the LTR drumming worldwide community. So join me on the path at chrislesso.net slash LTR. There you can book your free first drumming vision session. And this is where we take your dreams and turn them into a vision with a step-by-step plan where you can become your best self through drumming. Talk about courage. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's playing open-handed in the fifties and you see it. And so I, you know, courage to, to, I I had the courage to reset my plane in the early two thousands, but there was this funny lag time Dom, where I was still playing cross because I was I was you know playing gigs at that time and in bands and I, I was you know it was my full time job at that point, so I'm playing cross all the time, but then I'm teaching students and going you know what, uh, I think they'd have more potential, more possibility. Mm-hmm. It would work on their weaker side, whichever side that is. Mm-hmm. And they'd be able to create more creativity and therefore express who they are, not who I want them to be. It's yeah. not about me as a teacher. It's about them. Yeah. So maybe I'll play cross, but I'll teach them open-handed. This was kind of a live experiment. Sometimes <laughs> teachers, you know, the guinea pigs are our students, I guess. <laughs> and so I'm, and at first time I, I thought maybe I'm, I'm kind of screwing them up because you know, you're learning your basic, I call them the go-round grooves, you know, like boom, schmack, do-do-ta, right? All the, the, the first awesome grooves. And I was getting to play hi-hat like this, but then the ride cymbal's here, and then they're doing this. So it's at first, Dom, it's kind of like double the work. Yeah. Right? Because you got you go to all this trouble, you're like, cool, coordination, ah! And you're <laughs> like, I got it. I got it. And it's like, happy with the ride. And you're like, no, <laughs> it's just like no, you build the muscle memory. Now you got to do it over again. But what I found was, like, we underestimate Dom the brain and the spirit to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And this goes back to what we we're talking before, but the crisis and opportunity, right? Yeah. So we can adapt. We are capable of ten x, a hundred x, infinitely more than we think. Yeah capable of so my students dom i noticed that they're playing left hand after a couple weeks right hand 
and it just clicks and they got it. I'm like, holy crap, I can't even do that. And then Dom, some students wanted to go to cross. Now, why would you want to cross? Maybe because the way it feels, maybe because your heroes play that way. Maybe because you just like the way it looks, right? I'm not sure. Oh, there we go. I put you in full screen so they can see more of your animation. Oh, beautiful. I thought a cloud was going over us. And, uh, no, keep going. <laughs> so uh, why would you want to play cross? Maybe you like it. Remember, there's no rules with art and expression, yeah. right? Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, but what I noticed was when someone played open-handed, both sides, and then crossed, man, their technique, Dom, was they were they were able to pull it off so much so much better. You see how my hands are here? Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, David Garibaldi is a guy to study. Oh. Plays cross, but flawless left-hand technique. Yeah. Now, what happened to me was you got this thing here. And sometimes weird habits can happen. I was way inside, my thumbs off, I was pressing, you know, no, forget about lower stroke. I was just kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, I would really encourage all the educators out there, like, even if you, you know, playing cross is fantastic, but see what happens in the potential and the possibility of your students. Yeah. When they do it this way. And then if they play cross, there's so much more they have so much more freedom in going back and forth it's really beautiful to see them blossom like that yeah yeah well it's, it's so great to see that the fact that you're willing to to push yourself at that level chris you know and and you you um you have great communication skills and you've got great body language and i think that's a very very big part of why you're teaching practice is so successful you know you you really get you get you get into it you're animated and i like that movement you know, that's you must have some Italian in you is what it must come down to. There must be some. hundred <laughs> percent. I, I, I remember uh, the first time I toured Germany, Dom, and they have these like, you know, the European, the big glasses. Yeah. And I just I, I remember knocking one over and I was like, <laughs> I just met the promoter and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I got it. I got it. So there's times to do it, times not to do it. I just get so excited and passionate about drumming and. You know, if you think of the, you know, I, I know you've been to like every single PASIC and NAM and stuff. And watch drummers talking to each other. First off, they have the language like, yeah. oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then the just like the, the animation, the passion. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all share. Yeah. But that's so great. Here's John Lamentino. John is a wonderful teacher in Atlanta, Georgia. And here he is. I'm teaching open handed to all my students now. It's amazing on how easily they adapt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you noticed that too, right? Yeah, that, this is what I'm saying. It and, and again, I learned this the hard way, but the journey, check this out, the journey from crossed to open is very freaking difficult, yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but the journey from open to cross is very easy, right? And because I've actually many students that I, I taught them, you know, fresh slate, day one, I get to mold them, right? Yeah. Clay, I can mold them. And they start open hand and they're just like, they just like crossing. They like the, the way it feels, the way it brings them closer to their heroes, as I said. This is expression. You're, my body, you mentioned body language. A big part of what I teach is movement. And 
if, if anybody wants to check out uh, my, my podcast, the LTR podcast, we had a great guest, one of the world's body language experts, Mark Bowden. So Google, just Google him, check out all his stuff and or my name with, with Mark. And uh, Dom, he analyzed like the body language of some of the great drummers like Neil Peart, Carter Bulford, Steve Gadd. Oh. So much in, in the movement, right? So if you think of my body language like this, you know, I'm, I'm, it's different than this, right? So, and, and even traditional, right? If I'm, if I'm playing traditional, I'm, I'm different versus this and versus open. So whatever the body language, I know you, you told me, watch some of your favorite drummers on mute, like with the sound muted, which I never thought of because drums are all about noise and sound and <laughs> tone, right? But I'm like, oh man, that's that's such a such a great insight. So, yeah, the body language and the movement of it. This may be where it clicks for you. This may be where it clicks for you. Yeah. But you know, with your students, never underestimate their possibility. Like, like uh, the gentleman said, there, open to cross is far more empowering than cross to open. Right, right. Yeah. What's well, kind of interesting too, young kids. When you have that fresh slate, you know, we as educators have a huge responsibility. And it really kind of comes down to understanding that possibility. Look at this here. Michael Scott just logged on now. But, Chris, if you haven't already mentioned it, can you talk a little bit about your upcoming book on practice strategies? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Michael, talk about the eternal student, like beautiful human being. Oh, great. You know, and a guy that believes this student wins, right? Mm -hmm. The student, this is this is what we're doing. It grows. It's a ripple that that. Right. And I've always been fascinated by practice, and not the most uh, exciting topic for a book, maybe. But, uh, but I'm doing it, and for me, it's fascinating. And I just, you know, the 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 practice, whatever your practice is, it could be yoga, it could be meditation it, it could be martial arts but this is like facing yourself daily coming face to face with what you don't know as we said the future and past yeah. balance ratio right so you're going deep into the past but also boldly into the future courage as we talked about having the courage to fail but what's, and there's just so much that goes into practice. And this is really the life through rhythm thing, which is it's so much more. I mean, there's so many books, Dom, stick control and, and techniques. And I don't need to contribute to that. I, I, I can contribute what I can, what I can do, but there's just so much out there. But what is lacking, I feel, is books on maybe the, the the stuff like focus how do you how do you improve the focus how do you deal with discouragement yeah right? good. discouragement good courage uh uh sometimes hitting a wall is just the bottom of the next step right right so it looks like a wall but when you get closer like oh it's just a step i can go yeah. over it yeah, yeah so how do you you know how do you do that these are easy to say you know all the quotes like Here's a quote of my mug, be the, be the change, right? These are great, all the books, but how do you, how do, you do that? It's easy to say, but when, you, when you're 
you know, we've all had those. I've had shows done where I literally got off the stage and went into like the bathroom stall <laughs> and just like, I can't talk to anybody right now. You know, I heard Jim Chapin once say like, why didn't I become a plumber? <laughs> you, you just have those days, right? So how do you, how do you deal with that? And there's a massive power dom of, of compounding. Yeah. And you know, it's great to have an hour to practice or more. And I go into that in a book, like what if you had the perfect hour and I call it the IREC model. So it's intuition yeah. reps, going to your edges and celebrate. And we talk about just, you know, there's not one way to practice. It should be very fluid. You know, you have different days of, of things you're going through. I remember as, as you know, the time we're in all the challenges with COVID and stuff, I just needed to get to the drums dom and just kind of play with some Zeppelin. And like, I didn't want to open a book and yeah. or new information. I just needed to celebrate, you know? Yeah. Right. So that's one of the, elements of practice but that's not real life right i got i got two kids with a third on the way and and the swirl of real life you gotta get gas you gotta you gotta you gotta leak in your basement you got this like real life stuff right absolutely so a big part of practice dom is is tapping into compounding and this i call the three minute rule hmm. okay you're kind of tricking yourself you're overcoming the resistance that we all have. We all have this resistance. Great book called The War of Art yeah. by Stephen Pressfield that, that really goes into that, right? Yeah. The voice in your head, like I had all this pressure on myself, man. I got back from Cosa Dom and I'm like, okay, Monday's gonna be Brazilian day. It's gonna be stick control day and Wednesday's gonna be the new breed by Gary, you know, Gary. <laughs> and I just had all this freaking pressure on myself and you know, it gets to like, it's quarter to 10 PM and you're like, man, I haven't eaten yet. And like, uh, I'll practice tomorrow. Right. So what the three minute rule does, you trick yourself, right? I'm just, all I got to do to check the box is get minimum three minutes. That's all you got to do. Now, if you don't have three minutes, you have no life. Yeah. Like three minutes isn't even one song. It's like a Beatles book. <laughs> so like I tell myself every day, I'm like, okay, just three minutes. It could be, you, you know, you can stretch it sometimes. Like uh, I watched uh, the Sen Sabian interview with Rod Morgenstern the other day. Yeah, great. And I just kind of jammed on my pad and I had like eight minutes and that's all I could squeeze into the day because my kids are napping and, yeah, and, yeah. and all the stuff. I got my three minute rule check now compounding is you know any financial advisor will tell you the way to become a millionaire is not you're not going to win the lottery but if you invest a bit of money small amounts of money over a long period of time right. exponential growth happens right and exponential is the rise and the growth over long periods of time so that's right. what the three minute rule taps into so you got the perfect practice hour and then like if you only had three minutes, a messy day and everywhere in between. And it's just such a vast subject. I'm, I'm fascinated with it. So this really is kind of a, 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 a reading practice book that's kind of like a guide, like almost like, like uh, you know, Klaus has his drum set routine, his drum set daily routine that they have. So is, is this going to be like steps that you can work on in the course of your, your practicing schedule? Well, the as I'm – 
a massive fan, as you know, Dumb, of Bruce Lee. Yeah. And Bruce Lee, you know, he, he opened up his dream at first almost to open up a chain of schools. And he had his, his method called Jeet Kune Do. Mm. And he ended up closing the schools. Now think about that. Yeah. Closing the schools. And, and he ended up saying, like, there is, which is, which is a dichotomy. It's like, there is no way, there is nothing to teach. <laughs> and it's this, and yeah, there's something to teach. And he had students, but he just didn't believe in a rigid, like, like guys, I've got to figure it out. This is what works for me. Yeah. Eight minutes of double bass, and then you're going to do the stick control. And like, that might not work for somebody else. Right. That's one of the things I've been blessed to see in my students is like, like every, every student is different. And to unlock the key of each one of them is, is so different. So there's not one way to do it, but are you going to say, well, there's no way to do it. You're on your own. Yeah. No, there are some things I think that will, you know, took me 10, 20, 30 years to learn and that I've, I've, uh, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Right. Like right. I've, right on. I've, uh, some of this stuff is ancient philosophy that goes back literally thousands of years. Right. And just putting it in a way that can empower people with their practice and facing something you don't know, being able to celebrate, as we said, put your freaking hands in the air, like Absolutely. victory. Absolutely. Well, that was something I lacked on. I used to, you know, do a lot of book stuff and, uh, and this and then I'd, I'd put the sticks down at end and I'd be like, Oh, that was, that was a challenging practice, but it's like, did you tap into that thing that we talked about at the beginning of the session that like makes you want to play drums in the first place? Right. Did you give yourself permission to just play? And I mean, play like kids play. So it's, yeah. but if, if you just did that, you're not pushing yourself and you're not facing what you don't know. So it's this, there's so much that goes into it and I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. And I want to help everybody with their daily practice. So it's, it's the adapting of each student. So one of the questions was, what, what books do you use to teach out of, and how do you adapt that with, with each different student? Good question. I love, well, your book, It's Your Move, which is motion. Motion, yeah. Rod Morgenstein's book, The Drum Set Musician. Of course, the classics. Like, I just had, uh, I, I do, you know, I have my podcast, the LTR Livecast, so I get, I'm on the other end of, so I'm the one interviewing, right? Because yeah. I'm the eternal student. I get to learn and, and just share it with the world. And we all come together. This is the synergy of, of community and drumming. And we just had uh, Chris Coleman on. So I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel soon. It's on my Facebook Live. Nice, nice. Facebook. Yeah. And he just went into his big five books. And it was a great reminder to me. You know, there's a uh, maybe there's, there's an ancient quote. I don't remember who's who said it, but it's like learning is remembering, right? Yes. So, and I just had you. We, we were went into stick control, and like I, I got stick control at the local music store, Music Pro, when I was <laughs> when I was I don't know, yeah, thirteen or fourteen, and we just had our session a couple of weeks ago and it was like going through it for the first time. <laughs> and you said you connected with like Steve Gadd and Chad Smith recently. And they're like, yeah, no gigs right now. Got stick control on the coffee table. <laughs> there it is. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 So, so the classic books like, like 
you know, Gary Chester, uh, stick control, all those, but always as, you know, Chris Coleman was bringing up going, looking at them with, with a fresh perspective, uh, but also not being, not going through the motions, you know, like if I just get a new student, go, all right, uh, syncopation, stick control, uh, page nine, and I'll see you next week. We don't want to, we don't want to do that. You know, unfortunately, that still happens. And that's part of what the Senate is so good about it to bring these new open minded ideas and deliver them to everyone so we can go out there and lift the art form of education and teaching drum set to a higher level, which is what you're doing. Yeah, that takes courage. And, you know, for a teacher to say, look, I don't really know what's going to happen here, but uh, let's try this, you know, (laughs) and like I'm a big fan of of of, of uh, the hip hop hip hop artist and Logic. Okay, so he just had um, a new album come out, and there's a song. Everybody check this out. It's called "Hit My Line." I think it's song two in the album. It's awesome, and it just it was like three days ago, and it's a groove, and it's like kind of simple but deceptively simple. And there's some hits, and I'm like, that's really cool. Like I want to figure that out for myself and make it a part of my practice. So I transcribe it and now I'm using that transcription, you know, for some students lessons, which ties into like syncopation. And I can use that as a gateway. Oh, you know what? Let me, let's check out this, this line from syncopation. It's the same idea. And if you have freedom on being able to put 16th note snares in between every you know, hi-hat eighth note or something yeah, yeah. and have freedom to put it anywhere, which is what syncopation is about. Syncopation accents off the downbeat, right? Yeah. Yeah. The whole point. Check it out in this logic song. And I'm excited about it because I'm like, I just heard this three days ago. I had to sit there and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So instead of going, okay, syncopation page nine, I'm kind of tying it into something that is mining enthusiasm excitement and it's fresh because this this logic album just came out recently yeah 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 feels that they feel the enthusiasm they feel the freshness and when they uh you know get syncopation it's not like they're blowing the dust off and (laughs) old book that uh you know my teacher just told me to do it's like wow i can see how this yeah yeah, works and that's what that that's what's all about well, when you can see those those exercises jump off the page and you can relate to it directly to your drum kit, that's kind of where the magic really begins. And you mentioned names like Garibaldi. Garibaldi will be on Friday webinar in a couple of weeks with myself and Joe Bergamini. That's important. And tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time is myself and Joe with Billy Cobham. So I say, join on. You want to step into a mine. And Billy is 76 years young. Still incredibly active. He lives in Bern, Switzerland and, and Panama. He goes back and forth. And he is just so into it and still such an incredible leader of the craft. And just what you're saying, being able to push these parameters. But Billy is still a student and he's still asking questions and learning and trying things out. And so, you know, any of these great people, which you clearly fit into, is about pushing yourself and not being afraid to make a mistake and fall flat on your face. For sure. You, you nailed it, Dom. And I'm excited for the Billy session tomorrow too. It's in my schedule. Yeah. I'm excited for it. And 
along the way of my teaching, one thing, uh, an unfortunate challenge I've seen, and, and this is more in adult students because adults are adults. So we're, we're, we're in the world and they've, you know, made their way through the world and, you know, own businesses and they got, you know, got, got a couple cars and I got my crap together. Right. And they come to the drumming thing and they sometimes think like, I can will, I can like, I can make this happen with pure willpower. Yeah. And this is where the humility comes in of taking something slow compounding it a little bit at a time and going for what's in the book LTE. There's a ton of acronyms in the book, LTE long-term excellence. Right. <laughs> and I'd love to be the interviewer for a second and ask you, Dom, how do you yourself tap into the consistency of doing what you do over, over a long period of time? And we, you know, I'm sure, I hope Billy gets asked that tomorrow too, because he would. That would be a great question to, to ask Billy, because Billy is consistent every day. You know, it, it comes down to, as I always speak about, self-empowerment. What, what is my purpose? You know, my purpose, is there pleasure? Is there power? Is there peace? Is there passion? The five Ps of that, when you analyze each of those, you can kind of step into understanding more about yourself and what can drive you. Next month, I turn 67. I started teaching at the age of 17 around my birthday. So I celebrated 50 years of teaching privately. I've never advertised, and I've been doing this nonstop for 50 years. I either have to be out of my freaking mind yeah. or insanely passionate about doing something that inspires me every day. And that, to me, is what we have to tap into. That inner core of victory. Come on, bring it on. <laughs> exactly. And and this is what we we don't want, you know. I've I battle it and I and I never want this to happen. Is like when the student uh quits, right? Mm -hmm. Don't tap into that long, long-term thing because like this is too hard. I can't uh uh make this happen with willpower alone. I need you need to be patient. Like I've this is, again, with exponential growth. You can't imagine, Dom, where you're going to be in five years. Yeah. And five years is going to come anyway. A lot of people say, like, you know that ancient saying, the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the second best time to plant it is today, right now. You might as well. Five years is going to pass anyway. Yeah. And as one of my outstanding students, we were just talking about this. He's an adult student. Actually, you met him, Jono Rose. Oh, you yeah. Yeah, you met him at the Dromeo Fest. Great guy. Uh, eternal student, and, you know, he's playing in bands and stuff. And just where he was five years ago and his goals and challenges, it's like we just did a, a kind of rearview mirror victory, kind of looking back and look where you are after five years. Like, give yourself a pat on the back. Forget the humility, like hands in the air, you rock. And it's like, look what you've accomplished in five years. And he went through some challenges, as we all do, right? And if you gave up at those times, you never would see what happens after five years, 10 years, 20 years. You literally can't imagine it. And that's the essence of potential and possibility. It's beyond imagination. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that's a really a great point. You know, it's to enjoy your achievements, but see the potential. 
you know, enjoy it. But now, well, now that I've enjoyed that, what's what's the next step I can go? You know, we have people here. Menos Pasilis is a phenomenal drummer. I'm going to have him on in the future from Greece. Great, great player. I've heard him play several times. He's a phenomenal player, phenomenal teacher. Jeff Lang is here. Joined us too. Jeff Lang from the Montreal area, another phenomenal drummer in in Canada. What they do. So many people have joined us here. And what's amazing about it is that the the feeling is that in the drumming community, we're all closely knit and we get together and we hang out and we've got companies like Sabian that give us this incredible opportunity. You've been a Sabian player for many, many years. Just talk to me about your, your cymbal setup. I, I, I just forgot. I have a really cool picture. It's on my site. I should have had it ready today. Uh, I'll, we'll edit it in maybe. But it's, <laughs> me when, it's me when I'm nine years old. Uh, with a, with a big Sabian shirt, and there's just something about Sabian has always attracted me. I got to go to the uh, the the factory in Meductic, New Brunswick, a couple of years ago, and see and, and see everybody there. Mark Love, the Picasso of sound and tone, and yeah. and yeah. talk about humility. That that just like yeah. what great people to to work for, and they're literally servant leaders, Dom. As you know, they're they're serving the world through just amazing sounding stuff. And I just fell in love with the, the, the HHX. I've tried all kinds of, you know, since, as I told you, nine years old, getting the Sabian B8s. I had uh, a full set of B8s. And at the time, I didn't know the free stroke, Dom. I hadn't met you yet. Squeezing the stick. Don't smash your Sabian B8s, right? The metal will fly off. And my mom didn't know what was going on in the basement metal shrapnel flying by my head and photos of it. It's crazy. Uh, so I went to the BHT. Yeah, I tried, you know, the AAs and uh, I, I love metal bands. And, and so I was trying to, I had a metals, like the metal line, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. AA, right? The thick symbols. Yeah. And then I realized like, as my technique improved and I realized the motion create sound. So re I call them the two pillars of technique, the rebound and molar. And when you hit a symbol, that's, you can, you know, a thinner symbol will like Thomas Hawk from Meshuga plays fairly thin symbols yeah, yeah. give, right. And his yeah. technique is there. So just the HHX, I've got a fierce crash here. I've got uh, actually a, a really cool prototype ride that was kind of based on the big and ugly series that they put yeah. out so I wanted a 20 inch and uh and i've got a if anybody wants to see my setup in detail if you just search my name in youtube why chris lessa why i love sabian and i and i'm behind the kit and i kind of go through each symbol and why i love it uh hhx i love uh jo jojo mayer's stuff oh, with beautiful stuff. Beautiful. yeah and two hi-hats, two rides, and I've got an Omni HHX on the left. And of course, uh, Dave Weckl's line with what he's doing. So you should know the le legacy, yeah. But so, and you're using two rides and two hats, so you have that open-handed right lead or open-handed left lead. You can go anywhere on the set. Absolutely, and and it's, it's something that when I, uh, when I started this in the early 2000s, I, I remember just really inspired by Simon Phillips and yourself. And I thought, what if I, you know, like I know you've done this, you take a hacksaw to your hi-hat, drop it down. 
and I moved the ride over and did that for a while. And I, I was playing in, in a top 40 band at the time. So it's like those kind of eighth note songs. I'm like, okay, yeah. I can survive. I can do this. Simplify, simplify. And then I went back to, you know, putting a ride on the right, but I also had the left and yeah. it just opens up tones. I feel good. I feel, I feel creative, you yeah. know, and that, that's really, that's really where you, you want to pay attention to the feeling you get. There's so many great players, Dom. They have like one ride symbol sometimes and they get, they crash it. They get uh, like Mark Juliana, just a very minimal setup, yeah. but get so many tones out of that. So uh, may, maybe playing two rides and two Hyatts might not feel like you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But you know, I think the key thing about it is that Sabian makes the symbols that give us the options that not only are they great sounding symbols, but they are so innovative. Talk about a company that's not afraid to take a chance and innovate something and step out there. They really do that so well. And with a program like this, with the Send program, connecting all these different teachers together kind of brings us all in alignment to understand that there's a family out there of what we're doing. We all believe in the fact that we're in this together. It's all about community. It's all about synergy. And Sabian has believed in that since the beginning of what they're doing with the, for education, tone. I mean, as I said before, going through all the line, just having fun. You know, right. I went through the VA line, the AA line, and now I'm on the, and the HH. And then I settled on the HHX because that's what I fell in love with. That yeah. You kind of know it when, you know, yeah, something. hear it. Which Sabian symbol should I pick? And I'm like, well, start here. But like, you know, it's like learning about wine or something. Like, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you go through the, the tones and you'll find your thing. You'll know when it locks in. Absolutely. So the, the rainbow of tone, the dedication to education, as you said, bringing together, tapping into community. We are stronger together and the synergy. And I, I, I know what you mean. I noticed that too with Sabian, Dom. The firm footing in the past, but going boldly into the future. I don't know any other company doing it like that, like what they're doing with the innovations and trying new ideas. And of course, if you're lucky enough to go to the factory, book an appointment and just, they're, they're like fearless. Well, they, they also are lucky enough to have people like yourself, Chris, that believe in the product, believe in the company, been with them for a long, long time and are out there as an educator, really pushing the art form over the edge to the next century, which is where we are right now. You're doing a great, great job with it. And on behalf of Sen and everybody, Joe Bergamini, all the head people, Andy, who is at the helm of this crazy company that's making this work so well, we thank you so much for your efforts and what you're doing, for the time that you put in today, and just for the forward-moving creativity that you continue to deliver to all the students that you're teaching. Everybody watching right now, put your hands in the air. You too, Dom. Victory for everybody. And one approach, Dom, with teaching, and this is, this is you can see this in Sabian and, and awesome people like yourself, is like, we don't need fixing. There's nothing, you know, I say this to every student that comes to me, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to be fixed. You're, you're beautiful as you are. We all have our fingerprints, but we can tap into your possibility, tap into your potential, and take you to 2.0, what you can be. So that's what it's all about. A great message, Chris, a great, great message. Thank you so much for your time. We've had a great, great time. This will be on Facebook. It'll let me put onto the YouTube channel. 
Go sign up to the Sabian YouTube channel. Be involved with all that we're doing. Unbelievable, Chris. Thank you so much. Good luck. And good luck with the new baby coming up. Excellent. Attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Dom. Thank you, Joe Bergamini. Thank you, everybody at Sabian. Uh, gratitude, especially in challenging times like this. You know, attitude of gratitude. Go through it daily. And, yeah, thank you to you, Dom, for what you do. You do. And everybody on the call right now, let's take it to the next level. Let's do it. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Have a Thanks, great day. Guys. Thanks, everybody. See you guys.